Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Pray my strength in the Lord. Amen. This walk of faith that we all are on. I want to encourage you this morning that God is faithful. Even when you don't feel him or you you don't see him. He's still faithful. He has never let you down. Only we have let him down, but he's never let us down. He is a very, uh, the very help in times of need. And he's always there when you call upon him. Uh, This week, I've called upon my mom, my sisters, the prayer team. I've called for my sons. I've called for different things, but at the, at the midnight hour when I couldn't call anybody, I was always able to call upon Jesus. He is a very, I can't even remember how to say it, the present help in a time of need. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So I thank God for running after me. Not so much that I'm running after him, but he's been running after me. (laughs) Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So when you get hungry and you thirst, it's... God's going to chase after you because he started that, that thirst, that, that dryness in you for you to go after and get some more of them. But you have to develop that thirst first. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, if you guys just, just, just put your seatbelts on and roll with me. Just, I just, I'm feeling the stirring of just praise in my heart right now. Just, I thank God for who he is and I thank God for what he's done in my life, and I thank God for the people in my life and the church. I thank God for, for what he's doing for me and through me, and I, I thank God for allowing me to see what he's doing in and through you guys, and, and, and just to be a witness of the goodness of God in the lives of people. It, it, it is an awesome privilege to be able to see what God is doing in other people's lives besides my own. I, I, I thank God that I'm seeing the evidence of his spirit in the, the church, not just in the church as, as, as the building, but in the church as the people. The Corpus Christi. Hallelujah. So we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for that. Praise God. If you guys will, with me, turn to Matthew chapter 10. 
chapter 10. We're going to start off at 7 and 8. Mateo. And it reads, And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Heal the sick. Cleanse the lepers. Raise the dead. Cast out demons. Freely you have received and freely you shall give. I could preach that message right here, but there's still something else we need to talk about. Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. And this is something that Jesus said before. He said in Matthew chapter 10, he said something in Matthew 7. He said this, do not give what is holy unto dogs, nor cast your pearl before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. Read that again. Don't give what is holy to dogs, nor cast your pearl before swine, lest they trample it under their feet and turn and tear you into pieces. Now, when you read these two scriptures, cuando les uh, estas dos escritores, we have an interesting dichotomy that we see here today. Here we see freely give, da gracia. And then we have give not. Cuando se trata de discipulatos, when it comes to discipleship, we need to know who to give freely to and who not to give to. We have to discern between the two. I want to let you know about the full gamut of discernment. And I learned this saying a long time ago. Cuando el estudiante estás listo, when the student is ready, el maestro aparate. I hope I'm saying that right. The teacher will appear. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Clearly, we see all this in Scripture. We see it with Elijah the prophet and Elisha in 1 Kings 19 and 19. It says, so he departed from there and found Elisha, the son of Saphat, who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him, and he was with the 12. And Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle upon him. So when the student was ready, the teacher appeared. When the student Elisha was ready, the teacher Elijah came and appeared. Peter and Andrew, Matthew 4, 18 and 20. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, Galilee saw two brothers, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. 
they immediately left their nets and followed him. We see, once again, what do we see? We see when the student is ready, the teacher appears. In Luke chapter 5, 27 through 32, it says Levi, and if you guys know who Levi the tax collector is, they called him Matthew, it says this. <clears throat> After these things, he went out and saw the tax collector, collector named Levi sitting at the tax office. And he said to him, follow me. So he left, rose up, and followed him. We see it, right? You see the student. When the student's ready, the teacher will come and appear. Now, just want to let you guys know that none of these men were in ministry yet. None of them. None of them were saved. They were just ordinary men doing ordinary life. So this is the question. Was there an outward appearance that they were ready for discipleship? Or maybe Jesus saw that these men were men of commitment. Perhaps he saw that they were men of commitment to do their work, to be committed with their own work. Maybe he saw Matthew that even though he was hated by his own people, he was still committed to the job that he did, he was being a tax collector. Maybe he saw Peter and Andrew, even though they were out fishing all day, they were still committed enough to stay out all night and keep fishing. They were committed. So my question to you is, what are you committed to that we see as the church? The Bible says, let your light so shine before men that we might see your good works that will glorify your Father in heaven. I think that Jesus saw one thing, but Jesus used something before he chose who he was going to disciple, and that's discernment. So many people lack discernment nowadays. So the title of today's message, if it wasn't going to be a title, I guess you would see uh, a discernment in your decisions. I, 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 give, give or not give. I, I don't know the title. It, there's so much thought that to try to give titles things nowadays. It's just, it, it just, I don't want to get, really give a title, but that's the title. But I just want to give you guys some quick background scriptures. What, you did, what a lot of people don't realize is when a rabbi goes out to choose somebody to teach, he goes by people, and he sees young men, and he'll go when they're about 13 years of age. I think it's 13. He says to them, look, I choose you to disciple. Does it sound familiar? So the Jewish custom was a teacher would find a student to teach him, to disciple him on the word, the law of Moses. It sounds familiar because we hear when Jesus said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. You guys with me now? So that, that whole thing, that, that whole principle is this. So many people want to choose a teacher, but you're not ready. When you're ready, guess what happens? The teacher will appear. You guys with me? As a pastor, I see it. I see it with other people too. People go, well, I want you to mentor me. 
because we don't use that word anymore because we usually in church, we call it disciple. But in the world now, it's mentor. And people go around and say, hey, I want him to mentor. I want her to mentor. I want them to mentor me. But you know what? Most people, they like the idea of mentorship until there's correction. Let me ask you guys a question. Do you think a mosquito's intentions are to irritate and annoy you? Do you think that's what their intentions are to do? That's not their intention. Do you think a tick has in its mind, I'm going to bother this person by attaching myself to some odd place on the body and make that person uncomfortable and to irritate them? Do you think a tick says, I'm going to go, my, my sole purpose in life is to attach on you and give you Lyme disease. You think a tick thinks that? No. You know what I think? I think a tick and a mosquito, they're just in survival mode. You guys hear me? They're just in survival mode. They want to survive. This is the same instance that some of us here, we have people in our lives. They're in survival mode. They have the best intentions. But just like the, the mosquito and the tick, they don't realize they're sucking the life out of you. Come on, y'all. Because I'm right now I'm sitting there, you sitting there thinking, okay, I know there's some people in my life that I would classify as a tick. And they just want to suck the life out of me. You know those kind of people that once they're done with you, you have no energy left. I think they call them vampires. And most vampires, what they really want to do is suck all the life out of you until they're done with you, and then they're going to move on to the next person because they want to feed. See, there's a difference between a church attender and a church member. Watch this. Ladies, you're going to relate to this, okay? Moms, watch this. When a baby is born, in order for it to survive, it has to eat. So guess what? It has to attach itself to the bosom of a woman. You guys understand that, right? But unlike the parasite, the baby is actually giving back to its mother. Do you know there's a difference? A tick can suck the life out of you, but guess what? You're, you're, there's there's got to be a, menu, a mutual relationship. So when a woman gives a baby, the baby's there. The baby is taking out of the mother, but there's, the, the baby is also giving back. They're giving love. They're giving life. They're giving encouragement. There's, there is a mutual relationship between the mother and the baby. There's an exchange that, that, that happens that benefits both parties. Being a disciple requires Communion. The root word for communion is to commune. Whoa. 
This is where we get the word community from or communicate. You know, community is together. Communicate is the exchange of information between more than one party. It's got to be at least two people. The Greek word for that communion that we're talking about is called koinonia. It means partnership. Just because people are in the community doesn't mean they're part of the community. We're we're in Susun, and people say, this is the community of Susun. But I'm here to just tell you, you know that there's all kinds of different people in this community that don't give back to the community. You guys will, but they're there to take advantage of the community. You guys, are you guys with me? Are you understanding what I'm trying to tell you? Just because you call it a community doesn't mean that there's people in it that are going to benefit from you. They're going to try to benefit for themselves to be in a community. They enjoy the benefits of the community, taking advantage of fellowship, friendship, intimacy, but they're not devoted to the community. They will take what fellowship has to offer, but they give nothing in return. And why do people remain spiritual parasites? It's because they will hear the preacher, but they won't listen to the teacher. It's because people will hear the preacher, but they won't listen to the teacher. The lack of discipleship, watch this, because the lack of discipleship, people aren't being taught exactly what to do and what discipleship is. Preaching happens on Sunday. Discipleship happens every day. So what happens, what we have here at the Building Christian Fellowship is we do. Yeah, we have preaching on Sundays. That's great. We encourage you with the preaching because how how can you hear unless you have a preacher? But then guess what? Discipleship happens in life. Discipleship isn't a class. Discipleship is life. This is why we have growth groups. This is why people get together and we do things and we do life together. You see it. We get to a point in churches that, well, we like to preach. Oh, I hear the preach. I know all the cliches, but then guess what? You forget what was said. You can't live off of a cliche. Oh, I'm too blessed to be stressed. So the question that we have left is is this. How do we tell who we should invest our time into? Who should we pour into? Who should we cast our pearl to? Who deserves that which is holy? See, a lot of people don't like this kind of teaching. They don't like this kind of teaching. What people really want to hear is, they, like I said, they want to hear the cliches. They want to hear all this. They want to hear that. No, that's not what saves people. What saves people is the word. 
what is holy. Sometimes, this, this is one of the problems. You see people, you see it all over the internet, and everybody wants to tell you what the Bible says. And I'm, I look at people, and I'm like, how are you going to tell me what the Bible says? You don't even read the whole Bible. You're going to throw me four or five different scriptures and, and then trying to tell me that you know something? Don't cast your pearl before swine, because if you do, they're going to trample on it. Trample on the word. You know, some pearl, pearls are worth a lot. You know, I know I'm, maybe some of y'all are too, too young. I mean, I mean, back in the day, women would wear pearls. They were like, man, you, you. they were a lot. Like nowadays, everybody wants to wear that fake looking gold stuff. Ain't even real gold. But what we end up doing is we take that which is priceless, holy, and we give it to people. And you know what they'll do with it? They'll step all over it. And you were just trying to give them something. You're trying to give them life and life more abundantly. You're trying to give them the word, which is spirit and life, and they step all over it. They don't want to hear what you have to say. They want to turn around and go get back at you, yell at you, and say whatever, and then come and start biting you. But this is what we should do. We need to do like Jesus did. Look for the characteristics of a commitment. We have to look. Number one, we have to look at the characteristics of commitment. Some people are more concerned about their case instead of making a case for Christ. Some people, that's what they're, they're just more concerned about their case instead of the case for Christ. Number two, we need to be led by the word of God. A lot of people want to look at all these books of how to make decisions and how to do this. We need discernment, and our discernment should be found in the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 and 12, it says, For the Word of God is living and it's powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Some people sit around, they're like, okay, I have to try to discern this. No, if you're full of the word and you use the word, guess what? You're, be able, you're able to divide what the truth is and what's not the truth. You'll be able to discern the thoughts, the thoughts and the intents of the heart. I don't care what you do or what you say. I can tell just by the word what your intentions are. God gave us his word to follow, not just the written word, the logos, but also the rhema word, which is the spirit of his word. John 6, 63, it says, it is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profits nothing. The word that I speak unto you, they are spirit and life. (laughs) God's word isn't just written. The word says, before it was written, he was, he is. John 1 and 1. 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. We must rely on the Spirit of the Lord and what the Lord is telling us. John 16 and 13 says this, How be it, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Discernment. Discernment is not something like, well, you know, I have a lot of uh, experience in this matter, and because of my experience, I've di- no, this, this is not about your experience. It's about, guess what? Guess what it is? It's about the spirit of God that's in you. The Spirit of God will show you things to come. Sometimes people talk about, you know, prophetic, you know, prophetic messages, prophetic things. Sometimes it's the Spirit of God just tells you right off the top. The Spirit of the prophet, Jesus Christ, he's in you, and he'll show you. He'll show you things to come. Like when you turn around and you say this is going to happen, and you know it's going to happen, and guess what? It happens. Discernment. Listen, saints, grace is free. Praise God. But your anointing comes at an expense. I just gave that one for y'all for free. Grace is free. It's free. Jesus paid for it. Grace. But your anointing It comes with a price. Anointing comes with a price. It isn't some, people just don't become anointed. Don't cast your pearl. Don't cast your anointing. Don't, because you you paid for that. The pressing in the Garden of Gethsemane. The pressing of the olive, when the olive is is pressed and, and out of that pressing and, and crushing, the, the oil comes out. And that oil is when you get you, that's when the anointing happens. Yeah. You, don't, you don't turn around and give that which is holy unto dogs. Wow. You don't give your anointing away like that. You can still give people grace, but some people don't deserve your anointing. That what you struggle for, that's what you paid for, that what you've gone through for. You just don't give that to people. I know you don't, I, I know what you're trying to say, but don't waste your oil on people that don't deserve it. That's almost like right, you going out right now and taking your clothes off, going out into the marsh and go, you know what? I just want to give all my blood to all the mosquitoes. That was, that was a little, little visual picture there, right? Matthew 10, 7 and 8, it says, Free, freely you have received, freely give. Freely you have received. We've already, all of us have received grace. So because God has given you grace, make sure you give grace. Are you with me on that? You, you know what? There's one thing we say here at the building, and for some of you guys don't, don't know this, but you know what? We always ask this, look, I make mistakes, but only thing I ask is, 
show me the same grace you would want if I make a mistake. If we all keep that with each other, we, we don't, we're not going to have any problems. God freely gave you grace, so freely give grace. But you've paid for your anointing by suffering. Your experience in life and time with the Lord was expensive. Those are your pearls. The things that you've gone through in your life, relationships, marriages, friends, deaths, near-death experiences, COVID, job loss, all those things are anointing in your life that have happened that you've walked with the Lord with. Those experiences are things that you hold on to. And what you want to do is you want to turn around and those that, that become uh, that they say, look, look, man, I, I, hopefully the teacher's going to appear because I'm ready. When those people come up, then, then you give them your time. Then you give them the anointing. As you notice, Jesus didn't go to everybody. He gave them the opportunity to follow him, but he didn't tell everybody to follow him. You know why? Because they weren't ready. Is this a tough gospel? You know, in the world, in the world, you have like you'll have the best trainer in the world because he trains people. You know, he 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 trains all kinds of uh, of athletes. So they're so good that he has a list of people that want to get trained by him. People are like, look, man, if you want to do this, you got to come over here. Let's write a letter. Let's do all this other stuff because I know he's going to get results from out of you. But if we're going to do this, you're going to have to give up the way you eat. you got to give up your, your, your life that you know about knowing now. But guess what? If you follow him, you will get the results that you want. And us as the world, we see that kind of dedication as being like, wow. But as Christians, we don't even, we don't even look at it. It's like, uh, yeah, no. Nah, nah. But you got people, and I'm, God bless them. I love a lot, a lot of these pastors and the stuff that they do, but people will run to these, to these pastors, big names, huge names, and they want to get up under the ministry, their ministries, because of who they are. But they're not even ready. They want to be a part of that community because of that person, but they don't want to dedicate their lives. They just want to be a part. They just want to be in the community, but not be all about the community. Matthew 7 and 6 says, cast not your pearls before swine, lest they trample on them under their feet and turn again and rend you. This is why it's so important, guys. Listen, after you've been bitten a couple times, After you've been bitten a couple times by sheep, it makes you not want to feed them. And I'm not just talking about pastors. I'm just talking about people. 
When you go out there and you keep, if you keep on trying to do nice things for people and do this and do that, they're going to turn around eventually because you're trying to give them your anointing. You're trying to do everything for them and all this other kind of stuff. And then before you know it, you turn this way and now they start biting you. Why am I going to stay in the pen when I'm getting bit? Life is going to bite me anyway. Romans 12 and 11 says, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulations, continually, steadfastly in prayer. Not lagging in diligence. Romans 12, 11 and 13. And I'm going to read this in the message. It says, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert, servants of the master. Cheerfully expect it. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help the needy Christian. Be inventive in hospitality. Discipleship is hard enough as it is. We want to make sure that those we are pouring out into appreciate what we're giving to them. We see appreciation by seeing growth. You guys catch that? Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate when people come and say that they appreciate me. But you know what I really appreciate? is seeing you grow. I want to see you grow. You can pat me on the back and do all that other stuff. Great. Thank you. But when I see you grow, because here we grow. When I watch and I see when people go from being occasional givers to tithers, people that are fervent in prayer, people that are on their knees at the altar, when people are giving up certain lifestyles in their life because they know it pleases the Lord, when I see that, that's all I need to see because the Lord's going to reward me. Because my reward's in heaven. Don't get me wrong. There's sometimes you're like, man, do these people just get it? (laughs) I want to see your growth. Their growth and their maturity is our reward. So as we, as I close, I want you guys to understand that your discernment is imperative for discipleship. I'm laughing too. I'm laughing. I I saw that. Communion is, is the root word for community. That was a setup. You guys are wrong. This is why I love this church so much. We, you guys, you guys are laughing. But, but watch this. People just do stuff like this, and, and, and it's like, look, we can smile and laugh at it. 
because everybody, everybody makes mistakes or people don't get it right or there's a lack of communication or whatever happens. But people are like, ah, who cares? I, you know, if it would have been me, Bella, you know what I mean? I, I would have sat there and played it off like I was really playing. That, that's what you should have done. <laughs> but praise God, you guys. I re- yes, grace, definitely just grace. Freely given. Freely given grace. But what I want to leave you guys with is this. Don't cast your pearl before swine. I know some of your stories, and, I, and, and, I, and some of the stories that you got to tell me is not even the half, because you don't tell it all. And most, most of the time, I don't want to know it all. I know where to point you at to, to, get, to get what you need to get, which is on your knees. But everything that you've ever gone through in your life that you haven't told people, the stuff that you've gone through and all that other stuff, those experiences... And that pressing, you guys know what the Garden of Gethsemane is? Yeah, come on. You guys know what that is? If you guys don't know, I'll give you, I'll tell you. I'll, okay, because the Garden of Gethsemane was a place where Jesus said, he said, he told the disciples, he said, wait here as I go yonder and pray. Yeah. So he goes in, he's, and it's an olive. We went, Kai and I actually, when we went to Israel, yeah. we went to Israel with the Ruiz, and we went there where the Garden of Gethsemane was, and there's olive trees. So when the olive trees were at, this is where Jesus went and sat down. And he got on his knees to the garden and in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he began to pray the Father. During that time, if you guys know this or not, as he was praying, he was getting, he was letting his will go for the Father's will. But there was a pressing. So much so that he began to sweat blood getting his will away to receive the Father's will. That was the pressing of the, gra- of, of the, of the olive. And that's just uh, uh, hyperbole? Is that how you say it? Analogy, thank you. So in our lives, there's an olive in our life. That's our, it's our life. There's an olive. And life itself will press and crush you. But you know what? Out of that olive, the most valuable thing of that olive is it makes oil. Oil comes from out of that. And you've got something precious. So if you guys don't know this, when, when um, uh, Mary came to, before Jesus with her alabaster box, you know what was in it? Precious oil. Everything that she had made and, and all that, it was expensive. Yeah, wow. It wasn't something just to throw away and give to other people because she could have did that to anybody. But she saved it because this is something that was hers. It was precious for her. And if you guys don't know the story about it, really what she was going to do with that was when she died, she was going to take that oil and embalm herself with it for, for what she saved. But she wanted and took her anointing oil that was meant for her, she came and put it on the feet of Jesus. She broke her alabaster box for him. 
that's what we give our anointing to. It comes from Jesus. And when we want to disciple somebody, we just don't throw stuff to them. The student has to be ready. Then you give them. You become the teacher, and then you do life together. You can't just cast your pearl before swine. Give them grace, but when they're ready, be the teacher that appears and share that anointing, that mantle on them. Amen? Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. Praise God. <laughs> I didn't even know Donald, JR, wherever JR is at. I, I was struggling all weekend. Struggling all weekend. He is good. He is faithful. It's like every day, just to be here like this, and I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this with my testimony because I'm, hopefully you'll, you'll find encouragement. Just show up for the fight. Just show up for the fight. You, if you got to come in dragging just come, just go. Just show up for the fight. That's all. The victory belongs to Jesus. I don't know where you're at right now. But saints, the devil is a lie. I don't, I, I just, maybe it's just me because I'm just really sensitive right now, but, you know, because I've been going through, and if you guys don't know what's going on with my, my life, um, I, got, I got about less than a month, and I'll probably be getting ready to get my chest cracked open for a new heart. But in, but in that, listen, listen, in that, it seems the closer I get, the harder the battle's been getting. The harder the battles begin, just to wake up every day. I don't know where you're at in this game called life, but Jesus, he's got the victory. And because he got the victory, all I got to do is show up. Even when you say, I can't do it anymore. That's where you need to be. God, I can't do it anymore. I don't have the strength. But in his strength, my strength is made perfect. So this is what you're going through, the stuff you're going through right now. Listen, saints. If you're in this place right now in life, Jesus is speaking to you, and he's like, listen, I know what's happening. There's a pressing going on in your life. But take that pressing in your life 
and keep that oil that God's developing in you. And with that oil, you're going to turn around and you're going to teach somebody what long-term illness feels like, what depression feels like, what suicide, suicidal thoughts feel like, what quitting feels like, what loneliness feels like. Jesus understands. He is, he's a man that's been attempted that's been tempted by all points, but yet without sin. He went through it so you don't have to go through it at all. He understands your pain. He understands everything. He's been left alone. He's a man uh, of many sorrows, acquainted with grief. He knows. Give it to him. Give it to him. If you're in this place today and you said, you know what, I, I just, I, I don't have the strength. I, I, I don't know how I'm going to move. I don't know how I, I'm going to do it today. I don't know. I, I know this is just an odd call, uh, call but I, I'm just, from, from my inside, this, I'm just trying to just to help some people. I want to pray for some people. If you need some, some type of prayer, if if you're going through something right now and you're like, man, I'm in this garden of Gethsemane, I'm, I'm pressing, I, I, I feel like I just can't keep going anymore. If that's you, I just need you to come up to the altars. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Sometimes the things that are in you that you've been holding on to, stop confessing some of that stuff that you have. Stop, stop confessing things that are, are that are happening, but you got to confess things as though they, that aren't as though they were. Whether you're depressed, upset, whatever it is, stop confessing that stuff. Confess the word of God over your life. I know what it looks like. It is. The joy of the Lord is my strength. There's times when I wake up and I go, man, I can't do this today. I have to stop and go, I'm going to do this. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. You got to start confessing it. Thank you, Jesus. You guys pray with me. Heavenly Father, I just thank you right now. You, are no, uh, you, you know what these people need of, what they're in need of before they ask or even think it. I thank you for your spirit in their life, Lord. I thank you right now, Lord, as we stand here before the Father. And Jesus standing right there, interceding on behalf of the saints. I thank you right now, Lord. 
as we crawl uh, in, in your lap, Father, and, and get more grace and mercy in this time of need. Lord, we just ask, show us by your spirit that which hinders us for being children of God. Thank you right now, Lord. Thank you. Whatever's in us, Lord, right now that's hindering our, our relationship with you, not with other people, but with you and by your spirit, whatever's in us, Lord, help us remove it with your help. Lord, I come against generational curses right now in the name of Jesus. I break those right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I, 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 Lord, I thank you by the authority of Jesus Christ that I come against every unclean spirit, un, every unclean thought, I come against that right now in the name of Jesus. And I right now in the name of Jesus, by the authority, Lord, that, that you have given me. I thank you, Lord, for joy, for peace. Lord, I thank you for the joy of the Lord to be our strength. I also thank you, Lord, that we are acknowledging you. And you are directing our paths. I thank you for wholeness of mind, wholeness of heart. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for making all things new. <laughs> I pray right now for newness of life. I thank you once again for your strength. I thank you for your anointing. I thank you for your spirit that guides us and leads us in all truth. Lord, I thank you for by out of the mouth uh, a confession is made, and that is the confession of the war of the Lord, the word of the Lord, because your word is spirit and life. We promise, Lord, show us how to continue to use your word to speak life over our bodies, over our minds, and over our souls. Thank you for everything that we're going through. For you have the victory in our lives, and we will walk in that victory. We shall walk in that victory. So we thank you for that. We thank you. We give you honor. We give you praise. We give you glory in the mighty, magnificent, and matchless name of Jesus Christ. And the church said amen. 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 So let me give God some praise. Thank you, Lord.